you know, as Christians, we have to understand and, and be real with where we are. That's what we have to see first, individually. And what where our mindset is and what we desire. Airing the Addisons. I think what God is really calling us back to, it's those individual personal revivals in our own lives where we're like, oh Lord, what have we done? We have minimized you. Promoting truth, wisdom, and empowerment. As the church, man, we should be on the forefront yes. of making disciples, of indoctrination and godly things. If we don't train our kids, they will not be able to stand. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Erin Addison's. On American Family Radio, thank you so much for listening. I'm Miki. And I'm Will. And Sherry B and J-Mac are on tap to help us navigate the show. Today, mm-hmm. we've got special guest Tazakim joining us. Um, we're going to talk pop culture, and we're going to talk apologetics and doctrine and how we navigate our culture. We're going to talk about the music gift that they've been given and the gift that they are to the body of Christ. Yeah. We're also going to talk about the fact that they will be joining us for the marriage family life conference happening. When and where will the great <laughs> <laughs> happening in July seven, eight night, and it's mm-hmm. coming up soon. So man, uh, make sure you get to marriagefamilylife.net, marriagefamilylife.net and register uh, ma- registration uh, close closes uh, May 15th. So you still have a, a few more days. So make sure you get there and register marriagefamilylife.net. You can see a schedule there. You can also see the speakers who will be speaking there. You can even see old videos from past conferences. So if you want to get a feel of it, but none of them are the same. So, but but anyway, it's going to be a good time. If you want to check that stuff out, go to marriagefamilylife.net and register today. Um, I want to do something and, and then we'll, we'll shift topics in mm-hmm. the second segment, but I just, I, I'm going to, I'm going to refer to an email here. Okay. And this email is upsetting to me. And this, this kind of uh, email has come to us before this type of, um, this type of communication. (laughs) I know where you're going. Okay. (laughs) When you take deep breaths. Yeah. It gives you um, a moment to be able to process and make sure that you're being led by the spirit of God and not your flesh. <laughs> Amen. You know? It's very important. It's very, very important. Um, this is the second time, possibly the third time that I've gotten an email like this from, I believe the same person. Is this the same person? Will I the think Grace? so. I think so. If if not, they have the same first name. <laughs> it's important to note that this person identifies herself as a Christian. But the topic of abortion is sort of like um, a flashpoint for oh. her. So whenever we discuss abortion, it seems that this is sort of like sure to get a response And then she emails us and what has quickly become her custom, which you, you will (laughs) learn very quickly that, uh, you know, don't talk about (laughs) my children. Okay. Like just don't right? Um, don't use my children to make your wicked point. 
And that is the fastest way, the fastest way for me to make a very public request that you never write in again, never, ever. And, and I'm very serious about that. Now, let me say something. We live in a culture where Christians have been sort of brainwashed Christians, those mm. who call themselves Christians. Yeah. They've given into the culture. That's right. They listen to the cultural lies. They buy what the culture is selling and they have no way or they choose not to navigate the scriptures right. for their defense, That's right. for their positions, but they take pop culture and cultural talking points mm -hmm. And then they stand on that mm -hmm. over and above the word of God. And then they think they are the noble ones. They think right. they are the virtuous ones because I'm a Christian, but I am taking the cultural position. You Christians who stand on the Bible, you guys are not considering. And then they go into all of these things that are not the concern of the Christian Right. Because it's not rooted in scripture. It's not rooted in fact. It's not rooted in eternity. It's rooted in pop cultural talking points that you just have adopted as fact. Mm -hmm. And now you are more comfortable standing on that rather than standing on the word of God. So let me let me bring I want to. And the reason I'm using this email is because I have found a way not only to respond to this email, but to also make this email something that is um, instructive for the larger audience, which I think is the best use of the yeah. time that we have here. And, right. And so your, it's not to your point too. Yes. There, are, there are entire denominations. Like I have someone who consistently, mm -hmm. you know, show me some emails from denominations when things happen in culture. Yes. They are always on the wrong side, mm -hmm. always on the side of like death, you know, yes. and stuff like that. <laughs> and I'm, so that's the entire denominations using have, the same tired yes. uh, reasoning. Yeah. Like using the same tired, like exactly. this is why we listen I, I want you, let's just, let's just reword it. I'm going to read the email here and I got to go quick because we're, the brothers are going <laughs> to be joining us. Um, but when you are, when you stand up and say the reason we need to kill babies, I don't want to hear anything else after that. Hmm. So, so if you, if you, the first words leading into whatever point you're going to make, whatever position, like, when you go into, so we need to be able to kill babies. We need to be able to murder babies in this country because sit down. I'm not I'm not interested in talking to you, especially you're and you're telling me that you are a Christian and you're telling me that the reason you arrive at that position is based on what you see in culture, based on hypothetics. Mm. Right. Not you're not you're not even talking about, OK, what does the Bible say about the value of life? What does the Bible say about those who are made in the image of God? And the shedding of innocent blood, you don't you don't even review that. You don't even go to that. Instead, this is what you go to. And so here's the email. And the subject of the email was, please address this on the air, which, by the way, you don't call the shots. You don't tell us what to talk about. We talk about what we want to talk about. And we we filter that through a biblical lens. But because this is a national conversation and indeed women did show up at churches <laughs> over the weekend dressed up as handmaids, I will address it because I think it's important for us to understand the disconnect in the argument. This is a ridiculous argument that is being made that we are on our way to, to, to Gilead, which is this after America dystopian country that is created in the handmaid's tale. 
written by Margaret Atwood. Okay, so I'm sad to say I actually had to read this book in high school. I look back on it now and I think, why in the world was I required to read this book in high? Why? You know, and, and they're just things you just you're just you're doing your assignments, you know, but I actually read this book in high school. And it's interesting because I don't remember and probably because I was just like, oh, it's required reading, you know, and but I never took it as like, oh, man, this could one day be America. Like I just it <laughs> just didn't seem it just seemed akin to like Star Wars. Right. <laughs> but now you've got people who are all up in arms and they're saying we're headed here. Here, see, here we are. We're headed here. All right. Everybody uh, abandon the United States and head to Canada if you can. That's uh, another one of the things that happened in the book was try to get to Canada. All right. Try to leave what was once America. It's now turned into Gilead and try to head to Canada. Okay, so in this book, in this book, The Handmaid's Tale, this is a um, fiction afterworld type book presented by a woman who you can tell hates God, hates the Bible. Hates the people of God. You can tell it when you read it. You, you can tell it, right? And, and the, the heart of the author is in the author's work, mm. okay? And so when you have Christians who are referring to this as if it's scripture, but rejecting the Bible, you want to re- refer to a fictitious book rather than re- refer to the word of God as your case for why babies should be murdered. That's your use. Okay, so, so that's, that's the one, okay? Um, if you're not familiar with The Handmaid's Tale, there's no reason that you need to read it. There's no reason that you need to watch the series. It, that I would probably describe as something that would be akin. I would just imagine I've never seen the series, but based on the book, I would just imagine that it would be akin to soft pornography. I do not recommend it at all. And that's another one of the reasons why I wrestle with some of these things and talking about them, because I hate to bring attention to them, because I do not think that they are always fruitful. Mm-hmm. However, in this case, here we go. So this woman... So if you're not familiar with The Handmaid's Tale, it is about um, America and its downfall and the rise of this new country that is named Gilead. And you've got these men who are in power and people are divided up. And the handmaids are the women who are used and forced into these, as you might understand, relationships. Okay, not a relationship as you might describe a relationship, but an agreement where they are forced to bear children of these people in power. Okay, they are the handmaids of these men's wives. All right. It is it's it's gross. And when you think about it, I cannot I, I don't know why I had to read this as a teenager in high school. But again, I look back on it now and I see it as the intentional um, snatching of people's minds and the sexualization of children. I didn't know it then, but hmm. as a 43 year old woman, I look back on it. And I go, wow, that I shouldn't have been reading that. Yeah. I shouldn't have been reading that. So now you've got in our culture people who are marching and saying that America is turning into a handmaid's tale. The crazy thing about that is that the women who are marching and saying that and dressing up as handmaids, what they are, what they are denying is the fact that they make the decision to be in the position that causes the production of the baby, Come on. Nobody which is talk not about that. present in The Handmaid's Tale, by the way. <laughs> in The Handmaid's Tale, the women are forced into this situation. That would be akin to human trafficking, mm-hmm. which we all stand against, right? What is not being expressed is that these women who are dressing up as the handmaids and marching outside and, and all of these things that they're doing, right. what they do not want Come to acknowledge on. is that they have actually made this choice all on their own to do those things. Things which lead to the production of life. Come they on. don't want to talk about that. They nope. want to, they all of a sudden have become this sort of person who has been trafficked for sex 
and, and they find themselves in a situation they didn't choose to be there. <laughs> that's, that's all of their testimonies right now. That is not true. That is a lie. So this is, this is not The Handmaid's Tale. So, so, so anytime you see this, guys, you have, you have to be able to say, man, this is ridiculous. This is ridiculous on its face. It's ridiculous. <laughs> so this woman who calls herself a Christian writes an email. This is the second time. First time she wanted to enter into hypotheticals about what if our daughters were raped? You have two daughters. What if your daughters were raped? Which is sort of like a, sort of like a, you know, it's a, you know, oh, I wish you would see. I wish you could just know what it's like. Okay. So, so, so my question is, my question is, and this, you know, so for these people who often make the case of rape and incest, which by the way, we say, does it stop being a baby if it's conceived in rape? Does it stop being human? Is the baby no longer made in the image of God? Did God not have a hand in determining that there should be life? Who, who determines that? That's the question that we have to ask. Because it, it's the sovereignty of God and the imago Dei, the image of God mm-hmm. that is in this child mm-hmm. that gives this child value and worth and says you should not and cannot and must not murder this child. It is not how the child was conceived. And we don't know this because we don't read the Bible. We Come read on. The Handmaid's Tale. <laughs> and then we, we take that as our highest authority, which is ridiculously not smart. <laughs> Deep breaths and careful words. Yeah, that's good. That's good. She writes, I don't think you guys realize. I don't think you guys are realizing how a handmaid's tale. All of this is becoming. <laughs> I don't think you realize you didn't read the book. You don't read you just to begin your email that way. You didn't read the book. So now what you're going off is sound bites and things you see on CNN. How? And I'm just going to read it the way it's written. How are you love your daughters? You truly want them being used as breeders and not allowed to do anything else in life because seriously, that is where we are heading. It's unconscionable. What's unconscionable is that you don't understand what you're saying. Like you've, you've been given some talking points and then you write into us and you're like, I want you guys to address this on air. Like address what? <laughs> that they've got these. I'm sorry, that was too close to the microphone. You address that what they're now secret breeding camps where women are being forced to have sex and, and, and carry children to repopulate some new type of earth. Tell me where that's happening. Tell me where that's happening. Give, give me give, tell me where in America that is happening, that women are being forced to have sex against their will and to keep these children for breeding purposes. We do have people, women who are trafficked and men trafficked for sex. Oh, man. All right. We got to grab the break. We'll be right back. We trust in the king, won't trust in them things. A strong tower for the safe, so we trust in his name. We rest in the king, so forever we'll sing. Our strong tower who will save us from death and his sting. Strong tower in all hours, the refuge. How's a king let me let loose? Showing people the best you so your voice and sister show his glory. Angels screaming holy, holy. Yeah, he choose to know we lowly people. My savior God is regal. We evil and deceitful. His power knows no equal. Yeah, he choose to walk and lead to. I mean, see that common grace with your poker face. You can go with Frego, my king.
king. You want to shake me, need call to play, cause you playing a part of his team. Some people trusting that dream, uh-uh, as if that money saved. Money goes, that money came. Only hope is in one who wears a rainy thunder or sunny days. He the Welcome one back to Aaron the Addison's on American Family Radio. I've got to go um, quick here, but I, I do want to tie this up. We do have people in this country who are being trafficked for sex, okay? And I should have given the disclaimer when we are going to talk about things of this nature. We do have this happening in this country. What this person who wrote into us uh, has not connected is that these women who are being abused, their bodies are being abused and they are being sold for sex. The people who are selling them are actually taking them to get abortions, not harvesting the babies. This is, this is ridiculous. This is, this is a, a ridiculous um, thought. This is a ridiculous uh, email to send that we don't realize how handmaid's tale this is right now. <laughs> that that you would make it more difficult to take innocent life in this country. And then this person, I'm going to, in the interest of time, I'm going to jump to the end of the email, which again, the presumption and the audacity and the gall, like you, who are you? This is the way she ends her email. Not everyone makes an AFR level salary, guys. <laughs> Clearly they pay you a king's ransom that you can afford six children. <laughs> you guys love kids and that's awesome this is coming from a christian y'all who who emailed us had the had the audacity not everybody does she writes not everybody is going to be a good or kind or loving parent what is gained by forcing women who don't want or can't afford children to carry pregnancies to term to give birth and then be unable or unwilling to feed and care for it is that a rhetorical question? Because I got an answer for I got a real answer for you. We do not conform to the feelings of men. We conform to the dictates of scripture, which is why Paul wrote to Titus that older women were to teach younger women the following. Please listen. So the question of whether or not women love their children and want to raise their children and care for their children. We don't care about what you feel. As a Christian, we submit to the word of God. And so what did Paul tell Titus? That older women were to teach younger women. It, it almost seems like it strikes right at the rebellion that resides inside the heart of women. And the potential or even the propensity to think of themselves over and above their children. Yes, the word of God has a remedy even for that sin sickness. We don't cater to it. We reject it. We deny the flesh. But you write that as if it's a defense, like we shouldn't force women who don't love children to have children. Older women likewise are to be reverent in behavior, not slanderers or slaves to much wine. They are to teach what is good. And so listen, here we go, person. And so train young women to love their husbands and children. Oh, train them to love them, train them to love them, to be self-controlled, pure, working at home, kind and submissive to their own husbands, that the word of God may not be reviled. Mm. That you would think we only have children because we must have limitless resources shows how the culture has so shaped your thinking. That you would think children ought to only be born to those who say, oh, <laughs> it's just money. Shows that the word of God has not shaped your thinking. 
The Bible says that children are a blessing from the Lord. That's right. Indeed, a reward from him. Maybe you can't conceptualize this because you have shut that door to the Lord's blessing. We have seven of them. If you want to be accurate, seven of them. And that's none of your business. We love them. We care for them. They are a blessing. Children do not have their worth only in how you feel about them. They come with their worth. They are given life and that has worth and value at the moment of conception. Why? Because they are made in the image of God, made in the image of God. So my suggestion to you, and then we're going to go to our brothers. My suggestion to you, author of this email, is that you stop calling yourself a Christian. And you take a long, hard look in the mirror because all of your definitions and the way you think about life and the way you think about culture, they are not being filtered through a biblical lens. And when you are not filtering life through a biblical lens, but yet calling yourself a Christian, now you've got comfort titles. It would be really, really sad for you to one day here depart, you mm. worker of iniquity. I never knew you. Mm. So I'm warning you right now. I am warning you right now. Take some inventory and see whether it's true that you're in the faith. Because cultural Christianity is not eternal. That is not <laughs> eternal. All right. Now. <laughs> How That's you my response to you. You just go to the brothers. <laughs> just, this is in their just, wheelhouse. They deal with life issues. We just, we go to Hazakim, <laughs> which is good because these brothers are going to encourage us, right? Like this is, this is what we need, man. I, you know, I just couldn't, this, we got this email yesterday. I couldn't sit on it for a few days because this is the second time we've get, we've gotten something like this where you're, you're getting the whole, like, what about your daughters? Okay. I'm sorry. Uh, the brothers, Mike and Tony are with us. Mike and Tony. Hey brothers. Hey, shalom, sister. I just, man, I'm with you. I, Tony, oh my goodness, we know, we know exactly how you feel, and there are a lot of believers out there that are with you. There's a fight going on. We're in a serious battle right now, mm. serious battle. Yeah. Man, and this, you is, know, this is a time, it's, it's no more about cute songs and cute praise and worship songs, and <laughs> it's a different day and age. This is, the Lord's coming back. Come the battle's on. on. That's all I come have to say. Come on. Mm. Come on. And you you <laughs> see the fierceness of this battle. I mean, we are in a ferocious battle here. It is yeah. it's a struggle over truth. You have this war against dark and and light, this war between kingdoms. Right. And all of this, we see it. We have to look through a spiritual, through a biblical lens to understand what's going on, but far too often right. and we can talk about some of this today. Um just Christians are not discerning. We're not steeped in the word of God, so we are not trained to be able to see what's mm -hmm. happening in the culture. But anyway, you guys, you guys see it. You guys are a blessing to the body of Christ. So I want to back up here and just introduce our guests. This <laughs> is Hazakim. <laughs> They're going to be with us at the Marriage Family Life Conference. Mm -hmm. And um, they, they have a ministry all on their own, though, at really teaching apologetics through music. The Lord has given them an incredible gift. Um, they are committed to the word of God and making Jesus Christ known. And so... Um, Mike, Tony, I don't know who wants to kind of start us off, but introduce yourselves to our listeners, kind of give us a little bit of background on you, how the Lord um, called you to this particular ministry. Mike, you can go ahead if you want. Okay. Well, there was, oh man, uh, 
this goes back, uh, I'll just, in a nutshell, uh, you know, grew up, you know, uh, lover of hip hop music, uh, got saved at a young age. I got saved at, at around 14 years old. Um, always had issues sharing my faith with, with people, uh, you know, through school and, of course, through college, uh, dealing with, um, of course, a whole classroom of people coming after me, mm. hating the God that I serve. They they all come from different sides, too. It was funny. You have an atheist with a Muslim, with a... I'm just saying, like, all of them just a lot, mm-hmm. almost like Voltron. They all come together and just, <laughs> you know, straight come straight for the person that's the Bible thumper. You know what I mean? And, mm. you know, so for me, with regards to the hip-hop part, um, it, it was really spawned from hearing a guy uh, who pretty much who put on a song during that time. This was, uh, I would say, the mid mid to late '90s. Pretty much putting down Christianity, putting down our beliefs, like they always do. You know, bigging up five uh, percent type talk, making mm-hmm. you know uh, the nation of Islam the, the the choice of the day. Mm-hmm. And and I I decided to write my first rhyme, pretty much <laughs> combating what he was saying about my savior. And, uh, and really picking it apart was, was what I wanted to do. Mm. I had never really heard Christians do that. So for me, it was, it was brand new territory. It was almost like a, a response track. And I don't, think, I don't think the guy ever heard it, but it was still something that spawned me to want to be more deep with apologetics when it comes to defending our faith. So that's what it was born off of. And shortly after that, my first song that I wrote, like an official song, was Liar, Lunatic, Lord, or Legend, where I felt like we had to address uh, Jesus and his claims and, and, and have the world look and, 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 and ponder, you know, what was Jesus? You guys all acknowledge him. You, you either put him down in songs or you, you admit that he was born. You, some of you say he was just a prophet, but I believe he was Lord. Let's break down who he was. And that's pretty mm-hmm. much what the song was about. And from that, I mean, me and Tony put out so many different songs dealing with apologetics mm-hmm. on so many different, you know, subject matters. So that's how it started. Wow. Awesome. Let's talk a little bit about your Messianic Jewish background and how that plays into the way the Lord has used you to um, to defend the faith and to present truth. Yeah, we Tony. so we're um, yeah yeah we, we're uh, we come from a very interesting uh, blended ethnic family. Uh, all all of our grandparents were literally different ethnicities, so we <laughs> we have um, Jewish ancestry that we you know learned about his children. I, I can't say I was ecstatic, ecstatic about it growing up. I thought it was kind of weird <laughs> or it wasn't cool <laughs> yeah. in the eyes of, you know, in the yeah. eyes of the culture that I wanted to be accepted with. And, um, mm-hmm. I remember when I was a kid, we did like a little project where we had to draw flags of the different places that our, that our families came from. And when I had to represent that side, you know, doing my father's lineage, we, I did a little star of David flag. I just, I, I remember as a kid, sadly, I have to admit, I wasn't very proud of it. I was like, oh, this isn't cool, you know, <laughs> like, uh, but, but over time, uh, you know, growing up in the Messianic movement from, from a rather young age, um, I began to appreciate it. And I saw, you know, the unique, um, you know, the unique plan that God had for that nation and how he used Israel to bring the word and the prophets, um, and ultimately the Messiah, right. The savior of the world. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, there's different, views on eschatology and theology, but I do believe that God also has a future um, for Israel in terms of salvation. But mm-hmm. that was a big part, even in terms of sharpening our apologetics, because when we were younger, we would go to these conferences um, where Jewish believers and non-Jewish believers, but we were worshiping in a, you know, kind of a Jewish context, incorporating Hebrew into the songs and 
and things yeah. like that. But there would be anti-missionaries, rabbinic anti-missionaries um, in the four years of these uh, different conferences. And Mike and I, being young kids, we would sit and talk to these guys and we would debate them. And we would always be told, don't talk to them, avoid them, ignore them. But we were hard-headed, and we would sit. <laughs> we would, we would debate these guys, and we actually learned over time that you know what, their arguments aren't that strong. Like, like all rejectors of Jesus, yeah, they had really weak arguments, but they, their posture was so confident. Mm. And if anything, I think our dialogue with them strengthened our faith because we realized, wow, like Jesus, Yeshua, Jesus is the Messiah. Mm-hmm. And um, the opposition isn't very strong. So that was kind of a big part. And it does, it, you can hear it, especially certain albums we've, we've released, not all of them, but the majority of the albums we release have at least an element of that. Um, and there are entire songs where part of it may be in Hebrew. We've done work in Hebrew or in Israel. We've done, you know, recorded music videos. We've done events. We've performed. And we've actually had an impact by God's grace of being able to um, have our music heard by Israeli rappers as well. And some of them have commented on our music or have reached out to us personally. So wow, that's cool. Uh, you know, we've been able to be a light uh, in that in that in that vein. Well, you know, one of the one of the reasons that uh, we felt so strongly about inviting you guys to be a part of the conference is the work that you do mm-hmm. in apologetics through music. And I'm wondering if you could kind of like unpack for our listeners, maybe some of those who have already signed up and they're looking forward to this. Talk about how music, even among Christians, has become so compromised. And it's so important for us Mm. to preserve doctrine, to preserve the truth of who Jesus Christ is in the music. And yet we see it so watered down today, even from, you know, from the time you guys started up to now. Yeah. Yeah, uh, I would Mike, say, was actually, I, I, we just had a conversation about this. I was going to say, Mike, you we were just talking about this. I don't know if you wanted to chime in. Oh, sure, bro. And what I'll do is I'll say what I have to say, and I'm sure you, you I'm sure want to touch up on it, too. But what I'll say is this. The best way I could describe it is I remember watching a, uh, a documentary about five years ago dealing with rock music mm-hmm. and how they got so – how they were able to um, – uh, transform the minds of the youth back in the 60s. Like, for example, when the Doors got together, and they, one of them was like, I'm reading a book about such and such, this belief system, and, and they didn't know much about it, but they threw it in their music sound, you know what I mean? And, it, and yeah. it caught on. I use that as an example to say, unfortunately, with Christian, it's the same thing. A lot of believers, and I'll just say believers, a lot of believers don't really know what they believe. Mm-hmm. And I, guys, for me growing up, my group was commissioned. Um, I love the Winans. <laughs> yeah. I'm just using like, those are the guys that like for me. But a lot of times, and this isn't a diss to anybody, but a lot of times the songs are basically love songs, right? Mm-hmm. They're love songs to the Lord. <laughs> They're encouraging songs to the body. Mm-hmm. But it's it's almost like now, see, this is what's funny. Since everything that's taken place in this country, I would say within the last 15 years, 10 years, especially the last five, six years, yeah. um, we see a shift, right, that has taken place within uh, the church in the United States because a lot of people were never really truly grounded in the Word. Mm. And that's the reason why we see a lot of people departing from the faith because yeah. they're like, oh, this is what the Bible's about? This is what Christianity is? You know, I can't really associate with you guys that, that are against abortion because my God is a God of love. I'm going to roll with, you know, he's a loving God. I can't go with you guys that are against LGBTQ because my God is a God of love. And see, now now it's almost like it's being exposed. All this mm. stuff that we've been hearing for so many years, 
has actually revealed itself, and now we're 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 stuck with with people that don't really know the scripture. Let me do this. Let me jump in so we can grab this break. We'll come right back. This is Hazakim, Aaron the Addison's American Family Radio. Don't go anywhere. Welcome back to Aaron the Addison's on American Family Radio. We appreciate you. We appreciate you listening. Thank you so much. Uh, we love you guys. All right. I'm Miki. <laughs> and I'm Will. And that was Hazakim with The Other Side. Uh, Hazakim actually joins us on the program, brothers yes. Mike and Tony. They are actually like blood brothers, like womb sharing brothers because 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 when you say blood brothers like isn't that what christ did so there's kind of a double meaning even in that right but uh you guys right, had a, room, a womb not at the same time though you're not like twins <laughs> no, right? no. Yeah. okay well I just when we were kids we used to have bunk beds as little boys when we we're you know you know the bunk. that's yeah. as close as you got yeah that's as close as you got to being right. twins <laughs> <laughs> Wait, okay, I want to I want to pick up with where we left off. We're talking about um recognizing that for many many years people who were calling themselves Christians once the truth of scripture is revealed and the culture the culture is revealed to be hostile to truth, we see that those who profess to be Christians are not actually Christians. I want to pick up with that, but before we do that real quick, could we take a quick jog to the name Hazakim? Tell our listeners how you guys came by that name. Yes, yeah, so at what, there was a point early on when we were trying to find a name that adequately conveyed what well, Mike had already had already written Liars of the Chick Little Legend. That was kind of our first the linchpin, right? Or like mm-hmm. it set the tone for what our ministry and message would be. Kind of apologetic, worshiping and uh lifting up the name of Jesus above all other names and proving that he's the Messiah, that he's the Savior. And it, it has a very strong kind of masculine you know, uh, aggressive, militant <laughs> kind of <laughs> kind of feel to it, and we were trying to come up with a name, and we called a friend of ours, uh, father, uh, one of one of our childhood friends, his father. We were like, man, we 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 want to come up with a cool name, a cool Hebrew name, and he threw out a few, and we we're like, eh, man. And then he said Hazakim, and Hazakim, it just had a ring to it. We were like, that's nice, Hazakim, uh, and it means uh, it comes from the Hebrew word Hebrew word Hazak. And of course, im at the end is like a, it's a plural, so it means strong one, essentially. Mm. Or, or you could also say like warriors, you know, soldiers, strong one. Mm. Of course, we're not oh. strong in ourselves; we're quite Amen. pathetic in ourselves. <laughs> <laughs> but praise God, in Him, yeah, in Him we are strong because Amen. He is strong. That's um, right. And so, yeah, Hazakim. I, that's the English way, the American way of saying it. But then Hebrew would be Hazakim. Don't hurt yourself, Miki. Perfect. Thank you. I got it on the first try. I'm yeah. so proud. <laughs> no, guys, let's 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 pick up where you left off though. Just talking about how we're really right now what we're seeing is the word of God shine a light 
on the counterfeits. Uh, let's pick up right there. Sure. Just just to kind of uh, finish up what I was saying, and tell me, I'll let you take it from there. But I was just I was just touching up on because you had mentioned music and how Christian music throughout I would say the good better portion of 30 to 35 years ago, 40 years maybe even, has been very lovey, lovey, uh, very emotional. And Mm -hmm. to a certain degree, that's okay. Mm -hmm. Like, you read the book of Psalms, you see where David had his moments where, you know, there was some emotion involved. There was even moments in his life where he was like, Lord, you seem so distant, Mm -hmm. you know, and but but ultimately it, was, it came back to, but praise be to the Lord who, you know, and, and he, he declares God's greatness. I don't care how down David got, he knew that God would come through. But mm-hmm. so I, I throw that out there to say, yeah, that was pretty much how Christian music was in, in the West, Western culture. Um, but yeah, it's, 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 it's it can't be, it, it, it should not be uh, the case. Like, mm-hmm. like Tony mentioned on our Facebook page not too long ago about, ancient like hymns, hymns back in the day and how it declared God's greatness. Mm. And what we feel like is that if that would have been more or less part of, of what we put out as far as within the body, um, it may have very well, uh, I guess, prepare people for who the Lord truly is and, mm. and gotten them through these tough times. Yeah, I don't know. It's just it's things I think about. But bro, I'll let you take it from there. I, I kind of talk too much. <laughs> no, that's, that's good. And I, I think um, beyond that, and and I, I hope I'm not breaking up. If you have any problems hearing me, let me know. No, you're good. Um, no, you're doing good. But yeah, I think beyond that, I mean, what we would give to go back to you know the '90s and maybe you know early 2000s and some of the '80s and '70s and '60s Christian music, where at least the Lord was mentioned. I feel like now, oh, um, it's 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 all just kind of like trying to be cool, trying to be accepted, mm. trying to be current. Um, to the point where the Lord is uh, not even considered at all in the music, and you you'd be hard pressed to even discern that it's that it's for believers by believers. Mm. Um, even if it's by believers for the world, it should be declaring you know the gospel to some Amen. degree at least. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> um, I, I think. And, and let me just say this, bro. I, I'm I'm sorry, Tone. Hold that thought. But I know a guy who does music, and his music isn't necessarily believing music at all it's not bible-based music it's just positive music but he gets invited to go to christian events and perform with it and that just kind of makes you think wow Wow. like this is kind of where the church is it's like they don't have any sort of filter that says you know well how how is this edifying how does this challenge how does this make people grow in their faith you know what i mean it's like whereas tony and i are almost and, and guys when i say this i'm not saying this like look at us tony and i I kind of missed that era, like Tony said, when it came to, and I'm going to Christian rap era now, or mm-hmm. I would say mid-90s uh, to late-90s, when uh, cert- like certain groups would definitely proclaim the name of the Lord. There was no question about it, mm-hmm. and if anything, it made you proud, it made you like bold. Yeah. Um, and and uh, in today's like market, it's almost like we're almost seen kind of as like weird, mm. like we're yes. like too much. Mm-hmm. We got invited to do a show in Nashville, um, and, you know, the, the groups that performed before us had nothing at all to share about the Lord. And this was a believing event. Mm. Um, me and Tony get up on stage and we do our songs and it's all about, you know, the Lord. <laughs> yeah. And we thought a certain way when we hopped off the stage, like, you know, <laughs> did we come off too strong? I mean, we, we, we probably won't ever get invited to it. <laughs> I mean, that's kind of how we felt like. Man. You know, well, I don't know. <laughs> well, 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 I'll tell you what. I'll I tell you what. You know, you're going to be right in the right place when you come here. Oh yeah, to minister 
uh, you make know, much uh, of Christ. Yes, make much of Christ. Praise and that's that, that's something I want to ask you guys about because there'll be a lot of families that would be there. Some people may not be into rap or hip hop, you know, and then some will. Sure. You know, uh, what if you had to give just a picture of what they can experience, what they will experience, or what you desire for them to get get uh, from this concert? What would that be? Yeah, uh, I'll go ahead. Yeah, I mean, I I think uh, you, I think back to that uh, scene from uh, Back to the Future where Marty McFly has the guitar and he says, "You may not understand this, but your kids are gonna gonna love it." (laughs) (laughs) Um, I would say that's not the case here. I think even those who aren't rap fans or fans of hip hop are going to respect Mm -hmm. and understand what it is we do because Mm -hmm. we make it so obvious. Mm -hmm. Um, We're not. and we're not inconspicuous about what it is we're saying. It's not right. hard to follow. Awesome. And, and we usually like to have visual aids, lyrics, and things like that, imagery yeah. to also help drive the point home. But I think the spirit bears witness. Mm-hmm. Uh, you don't have to be a fan. I'm not a huge fan of bluegrass. Mm-hmm. But when I hear, I've heard bluegrass style, believers do bluegrass style music. Mm-hmm. And when it's the spirit of God is behind it and the word of God is being proclaimed, something mm-hmm. in your heart and your soul That's like right. leaps for joy mm-hmm. and you That's bear right. witness and you're amening. And I like it. Like, I, don't, I don't like bluegrass, but I like that bluegrass. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Um, and right. so I think uh, believers will be able to discern um, that not only, not, not just content, but also sonically, there's something different. Mm. There's something different going on. Um, awesome. And, uh, and hopefully walk away with a with a deeper appreciation for for the poetry that yes. rap is when it's done well. Because I I yes. do have to say this: I don't blame people when they complain, <laughs> because rap music when it's done extremely well is a very um, skillful skillful art. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. when it's done poorly, it's the worst music <laughs> oh my goodness. in the entire earth. <laughs> no joke. You, you don't so you don't true. get any any dumber than you don't get any dumber than rap done bad done poorly. <laughs> But when it's done well, and you think I think of guys like Shy Lin, for yeah. example, oh, yeah. who released some of the most brilliant theolo- <laughs> yes. theological oh music goodness. I think in history, <laughs> for sure. And when, when you break down those lyrics, it's like, wow, this is done well, and this makes rap look good. Even if I wasn't a fan, <laughs> I would respect it. But then you hear, I'm not going to name names, but you hear <laughs> no, some don't. really stupid stuff. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It's so, like, so that's what I would yeah. say. Yeah. <laughs> no, this is this is such a great point that you're making. And indeed, this is what I say often when talking about rap, because I've, I've talked to some people, I have some friends who are like, I just don't understand rap. I just don't get it. I'm like, OK, but hold on a second. I want you to listen to some of this music that is so theologically rich and so theologically sound. And I want you to explore several things. Number one, I want you to tell me what you knew that you heard before you just heard that. Tell me what theology you knew, right? And you just sort of like, oh, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't know that. I didn't know that. And then number two, I say, now take what you didn't know and try to fit it in a rhythm and a rhyme. And so you've got to be thinking ahead where you're going and also keep it true. Don't change it and don't make it less true just to make it rhyme. This is brilliant. And I think parents are going to appreciate it. I think they're going to really love what you're doing. One of the things that Will the Great and I have said is that really your music and the music like this, you mentioned Shailene, he would be another in that category. It has served as a supplement to the theology that we're teaching our children. I mean, it's one of those things where you talk about listening to an audio book. When you're riding in the car yeah. and, and you're listening to some Hazakim and you're learning apologetics and learning the beauty of what God has done in presenting himself. This is the God who self-discloses and that you guys have been yeah. able to pick up on that and then put it in your music. I think this is a blessing to our generation and even generations before us, but it's a blessing. 
It is. And, and when you, Thank when, you, when you find when you find music like that, it's like, man, you, you want to share it. You know, and I'm thinking, you know, even if I don't agree with everything Shylin says or I'm thinking of, you know, Shylin or, or Timothy Brenda or some of those guys, you know, there, there are some points that I deviate from. But for the most part, it's not like, on the yeah. not on the fundamentals, though, just to be not clear. on. The fun, yeah, not on. Right. The fundamentals. OK, I just want to make sure. But, right. I, but I'm saying, right. you know, that type of rap, man, it seemed like it's almost you, you, you got to search for it to find it nowadays. Whereas, in, like yeah. you said, in the 90s and different, it was like there, you know, this was the predominant, yeah. Yeah. you know, so it's different now. That's true. That's true. Yep. I'll say that when we went to Jerusalem, we, uh, Tony and I, we were, mm, I'll make this fast. It's just, I've been, Tony, Tony and I have been doing this for a minute, so we just kind of get, a, there's a pulse, right? There's a mm-hmm. pulse that we can feel with regards to how kind of things are in the, in the church world. We get up before this, and this was actually, like I said, this was in Israel. So the artists there were from Israel, and um, they were doing like praise and worship music. Mm-hmm. And this isn't a diss to praise and worship music, mm-hmm. but praise and worship music is to me like cotton candy. I hate to sound like that. Mm-hmm. I hate not to sound like that. And not, I know that's no, 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 being no. not all of it, bro, no. not all of it, but a lot of it is almost like repetitive. We're talking music now. I'm sorry. This is my music side talking. <laughs> Go ahead. I'm, I'm learning. Guys, I'm taking notes. To, I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to diss on, on worship music. There's yeah. some great worship music, yeah. but I guess the kind of stuff that they were doing that night was very, it was very emotionally involved. There was nothing really in, in the, the, the actual music itself or the lyrics itself that made you, it was just more, you know, uh, love songs, mm-hmm. like, like, yeah, like but it was repetitive and, and people yes. were caught up in it. Yeah. And then so, you know, when Tony and I got on stage and we did our thing with the theology, you know, it wasn't really accepted as, as much. I think that mm-hmm. a lot of people do kind of, unfortunately, they, they, they kind of go toward the, uh, the, the, the emotional yeah. thing instead of. And that, that, I guess I'm driving, I'm just trying to do a, a circle back to what I was saying with regards mm-hmm. to where we're at now mm-hmm. and, and, and the type of, and I'm not saying music is based on people's walks, but it kind of shows you mm. yes. where people are, and their, you know, where, where they stand with things, yeah. mm-hmm. um, you know, with, with regards to, like you mentioned earlier, when I heard, you know, you talking about the email that you got, that's the mentality, unfortunately, of a lot of churchgoers today. Mm-hmm. And, and they don't have a... a a, a sense of God, like His mm-hmm. holiness, His standards that He's that He has a, a way about Him that you cannot deviate from, and and, and His word is His word, and mm. so you know. Mm-hmm. I just, hey, I, is this it goes back to Mike, what I was saying, I guess. Mike, let uh-huh. me if I could take your statements here because I think I understand perfectly what you're saying. I want to take your statements, and if I could, I just want to write in the margins of what you're saying here because I think this kind of goes back to the earlier point that you were making when you compo- or compared um, composing these hymns and how these hymns have this longevity because they are rooted in conveying the knowledge of who God is, right? Today, yeah. right, most exactly. of the time, it seems that we have people content to sing to the God they imagine. And I think that's yeah, what we're right. getting a sense of in a lot of what we call mm-hmm. praise and worship music. It's not actually rooted in the praise and worship of the one true and living God. It is yeah, praise and right. worship of the God that people are kind of free to create. And when you don't um, yeah. steep yourself in theology and the truth of the God who self discloses, then you just sing songs that are repetitive. And sometimes this is worst case scenario. They aren't true. Mm-hmm. We've got about 30 seconds. I'll let right. you guys take the last words. No, just if you're going to be at the event, uh, we trust that you will be blessed. Um, we're going to have we're, we're planning to make it quite special, and we want to make it an immersive event. 
where it's not just watching a couple of guys scream into a microphone, but <laughs> you're hearing, you're learning, um, and you're you're receiving something that you can take with you. And we we believe you'll be blessed. And I think I know that the entire conference, the entire event's going to be great. And um, yeah, we got more stuff to come. We're working on new projects as well, and we we trust that the Lord is going to keep His people. May the Lord bless and keep everyone until His glorious return. Amen. Until tomorrow, Lord willing. God bless.